Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Doran Dickerson, Jeff Hathorne, Nicholas Harry Callis behind the glass. Clint Kubiak, uh, a name that Steelers fans and Steelers supporters Circled on their list whenever Matt Canada got fired, heading into the offseason. Who is going to be the next Steelers offensive coordinator? Who are the Steelers waiting for? Ah, oh, they're taking their time. Should they expedite this process? Rooney comes out and speaks uh, in his postseason interview and says, Cause it's going to be sooner than later whenever we hire the next offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Could be somebody that we talked to down at the Senior Bowl. Less than 24 hours later, they hire Arthur Smith. Did the Steelers reach out to Clint Kubiak and a name that I think that the Steelers uh, were, was a high priority on their list? And now Clint Kubiak has taken the job with the New Orleans Saints. You know, he's working for the San Francisco 49ers and barking on hopefully winning a Super Bowl. But did the Steelers do their due diligence, reach out to Clint Kubiak, talk to him, pick his brain, or did they not? Did they not even entertain it? I'm willing to lean towards the direction that they've spoken. They spoke to somebody, and he possibly wasn't interested in the job. I think they got a beat on somewhere, whether it was his agent, whether it was uh, you know a personal relationship that was very close to Clint Kubiak. I can't sit here, Jeff, and think in my mind that the Steelers did not contact Clint Kubiak at all, at all, whenever they knew that he was probably the hottest name uh, that was still working at the time. I can't sit here and think that they just didn't say anything to him. Whether that's true or we just want to believe it. Right. I mean, because that's someone that you would want to talk to. Yeah, I would like to think that there was at least an initial conversation. The only thing that is, the only thing is, though, man, the Saints job sucks. That's what I know. I mean, that seems like a desperate attempt to st- – when he didn't – it didn't seem like he would need that. I mean, they're $80 million in the cap hole. They don't have a franchise quarterback. Like, I, I don't get that one. Do they really Unless think they're that paying him a lot of money. Uh, yeah, a boatload, right? It, it, like, does he really think, see, like, does he really think that Dennis Allen's going to be a long, uh, around a long time, too? Yeah. Or, or, right, with a potential lame duck head coach. Yeah. And, I mean, do, is he that, does he want it that bad? Is he so cocky that he could turn anything around? Did they promise him, hey, if Dennis isn't around, you're going to be considered to be the next head coach? Like, we we don't we, – your situation's going to happen regardless of what happens to Dennis, which 
that's a nice thing to say, but I'm sure Biennemi probably heard that too, and look where he is. Right. I, I So I want to believe that there was at least some conversation. There, there probably was, I think, more with the Steelers that they interviewed Arthur Smith. They love what they heard and said, you know what? We're just wasting our time. This is the guy we're going to hire and, and just did it. And, ju- and just went through with it. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about this for days and days and days, but – no, I, I the more and more days that go by, I, I'm okay with the Arthur Smith hiring because one, he does check all the boxes. You, I think it'd be it's a shame on us to think that the Steelers would go out out outside of the box. Like the Steelers are still going to be the Steelers. The Steelers are they they have a certain vision in mind that they want for their offense for their team. They have to have a connection usually in those areas. I mean, what I mean, how many offensive coordinators did not have a connection to the Steelers? Even Todd Haley had a connection to the Steelers in some sort. They need familiarity. Arthur Smith gives them familiarity in the run game. That's what they want to do, being physical, um, you know, you know, setting up the quarterback and not having him be the number one option. They know that they want to run the football. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith coming from a system and coaching underneath the likes of Mike Malarkey, underneath Ken Wisenhunt, Dick LeBeau was on the Titans staff, Mike Munchak, he coached underneath him. The Steelers like familiarity, so shame on us for even thinking that the Steelers were going to go outside the box to somebody that wasn't as familiar to the Steelers. I guess the question to me is, if they were to get some more dynamic players on offense and and end up with a a different type of quarterback, let's say let's say Justin Fields comes to the Steelers, and they can is Arthur Smith a guy who can change what he does? And he says he is. He's an adapter. But what we've seen is a ball control, you know, play action pass, which is, it seems, what the Steelers want and what the Steelers personnel is right now. But if that personnel were to change, can he update that offense? I mean, can he really update that offense? Or did they just bring him in because this is the personnel we have and this is kind of the mindset and nothing's really going to change as far as their offense philosophy? I think that, like, whenever you do update your offense, and year to year, it, it usually does change, and in college football as well. And you, you identify your playmakers, and it's like, okay, who, whenever I, if I close my eyes and I get into a pinch, where am I going? Like, I, you know, you want to go to somewhere where you know it's going to be for sure. So I think that most offensive coordinators have the ability to, to really identify it. That's what it's about, so identifying your personnel, just like you're saying. If they update the roster and they figure out that, like, okay, well, this area is our strength, how can you ignore that? How can you ignore the strength, not make that your top priority, and then second, third, fourth, fifth? Like, if they feel confident that Kenny takes a huge leap, like, I do feel that Arthur Smith will will adapt his offense more to letting Kenny do different things. Now, these are hypotheticals, so don't freak out right now, uh, everybody listening. Like, if, if, if George Pickens is going off, and, and we already know that we can't put too much stock in training camp, can't put, can't put too much stock in preseason – but if George Pickens in the first three games is going off on play action, George Pickens will be the number one within the offense. I think that Arthur Smith is capable, highly capable of doing it. I think every coordinator is, except for the guy that they had last year, except for Canada. Like, I, I didn't – there was no rhyme or reason most of the time whenever you're watching the Steelers' offense underneath Matt Canada, and I hadn't seen anything like that in a long time uh, in the NFL. But I think Arthur Smith is able to adapt because – it's like make it make sense, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's it's pretty black and white, and it's common sense to, hey, if this is my strength, this is going to be the way that we go. Yeah, and I think when you look at some of the coordinator candidates, you think, okay, these guys fit, or I can understand, like, even going to – for Ken Dorsey going to Cleveland, right? Deshaun Watson, there still could be something there. Yeah. Like, there's something intriguing with that, 
and they've got a they've got a foundation for a good offense. It's just maybe a piece or two. Um, you know, obviously, if you're looking at the Rams or even Carolina's, like, okay, I got this young quarterback. I can mold. He's mine. Like I, I, I've seen the potential. I saw him at Alabama. But the Saints, I know, I know. I, I'm trying to I mean, like they've the, got a couple receivers down there. I mean, they have. I mean, Alave. They have. I mean, Camara. Right. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr is kind of uh, a stableish quarterback that yeah. you know that can go out I there. I mean, and maybe swing you it. think there's potential there if you're Kubiak. Like, hey, I could do something with him, like Kirk Cousins. You know. I, I can make them like that, and this place will love me, and maybe. But So are you leaning towards the fact that the, there wasn't even a conversation? I'm leaning towards the fact that I, I want to say they want they did their due diligence with everybody and contacted agents, and agents represent multiple people, and decided that it probably wasn't a favorite. And But I really think they sat down and probably had an interview like they did akin to Tomlin where they're like, damn. This guy checks all the boxes. Maybe there was a fear that if he went down, because I think he was interviewing at Tampa. Mm-hmm. If he goes down to Tampa with all the other uh, intangibles that go along with living in Tampa Bay as opposed to living in <laughs> Pittsburgh, that they were going to lose him. And they just decided, why why screw around anymore? We know this is our guy. Um, and I would hope that that would then say, okay, we're going to go down to the Senior Bowl now and we're going to try to scout some some other assistant coaches and we just haven't heard that yet. That's that's what I hope. Mm-hmm. That that that's how that played out. Um, I mean, Tomlin told us he was going to talk to a lot of people. On the record, he didn't. They that did. the, I mean, that doesn't. I mean, there's. I, I see. Like that's where I just can't believe. Like I, you know, you know, they know how important this this situation is, and Tomlin knows how important it is. And Rooney even said, you know, this is up to Tom. This is his hire. And you know, we we talking a couple days ago too. Like this has a lot to do with Mike Tallman's, you know, moving forward too. Like this kind of has to hit for for me at least. I feel like immediate. It has to be an immediate success uh, to keep Tallman moving forward as the head coach. Nothing drastic is going to happen like in the middle of the season, but I think that this opportunity needs to needs to hit fast. And, and credit to him, it seems like Gerard Johnson used this to his advantage because not only from what we understand, not only was he retained and like guaranteed some more cash. I almost, I'll. I'll put it down that hey slow is going to be out of here next year Mm -hmm. it didn't happen this year next year he's going to be gone um you're going to be the offense coordinator for cj stroud for the next three years for sure and then he probably looked at okay yeah this is a much better situation on a team that that is gonna might be the chief's equal here in mm-hmm. a year or two mm-hmm. yeah i mean you, you you definitely have to use those negotiation tools i mean if you put something on your resume and then you go back and it's like okay like i do want to be back in this situation i'll eat it for a year but even get paid a little bit more money to coach cj stroud i mean that's a that's the best situation you could be in and then the following year i could be the offense coordinator and then the following year if we do right. if we do good and cj south's third year where that rookie quarterback really needs to break through which he probably will then you're going to be head coaching candidate quality in two years so, uh, you know, I, I do give a lot of respect, respect for those guys doing their due diligence and then even Ben Johnson going back and not, not jumping at the first opportunity and not just jumping on the grenade of, like, I need to be a head coach now. No, let me just sit back and do it one more year and move forward. The whole See, I, it, I think that Tomlin, like, it's one thing to reach out to an agent. It's one thing to have request an interview, and then it's another thing to have an interview. 
But the unique thing about Mike Tomlin and at least Clint Kubiak's situation, where I think that they did have a conversation in some sort, is that Tomlin can just give a call to Gary Kubiak, his dad, and be like, what's the deal with your son? Like, I mean, that, that's a former head coach. They've coached against each other multiple times. The head coaching uh, carousel in the NFL, everybody is, like, tight-knit in a way. I bet you that, they, that he was like, okay, like, I'm going to go through you um, even though Clint probably doesn't want his dad involved as much as possible, it's just inevitable at times. I bet you Tomlin or Rooney called Gary Kubiak and was like, let us know what he's thinking and and where he's at mentally. And well, we'll go based off of that. And Doran, what, what Art told us too, I, I think there's truth to that in that they do have those conversations. They find, oh, okay, this is going to go nowhere. Yeah, not going to waste our time. Right. Whether it's he doesn't like the personnel here, he doesn't like the situation here, Maybe he wasn't getting all the control that he wanted here. Maybe it was financial. Maybe he's not going to get paid as much here because you hear that about the Steelers, that they don't pay their assistants like other teams do. So all of those things may have been, listen, I'm not I'm not really interested. Maybe we can circle back. If, and then I, I do think that they loved Arthur Smith and they did fear that he was going to go somewhere else and just decided, okay, let's just let's just finish this. Fantex Line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Coming up next, there's still spots available, though, on the Steelers, uh, on the Steelers' offensive staff that, that they need to hire. And they possibly are going to bring back some of familiar faces that were here in the last regime. Do we agree with that or not? Uh, mm, I don't know. But I know that they need to hire at other positions. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Fan Morning Show Twitter poll brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement. Trust PJ.com. Dorn Dickerson, Jeff Hathorne, Nicholas Harry Callis behind the glass. Look, Jeff, I mean, with Clint Kubiak taking the job in uh, New Orleans, and now, you know, it's getting down to the wire. Uh, you know, all the jobs have been filled head coach wise in the NFL, and most of the coordinator spots have been filled, and we'll dive into the best opportunity. We think that uh, some of these guys and candidates t- have taken that ones that accepted the job. And obviously we'll get into the situation with Cliff Kingsbury, him withdrawing his name. And then as the new offense coordinator for the commanders, we'll get into that later, but the Steelers do need to hire uh, a, a wide receivers coach. Um, they do need to hire maybe a running back coach. Look, or do they, or do they exactly like, uh, you know, do they think and want to give credit to, some of the past regime. And I can see that to an extent. I can see that Mike Sullivan did a fantastic job, you know, for the circumstance. He got thrown into the fire, got asked to to call plays whenever he hadn't called plays in years, uh, was a quarterback coach, but put in that situation and they won football games. And they got into the playoffs 
uh, and he has to be get, get credit for that. Eddie Faulkner has to get credit for putting the game plans together and being in a different role. Uh, I still give Eddie Faulkner a lot of credit. If there was anybody that I would bring back, it would be him. It'd be Eddie Faulkner. I think he did a fantastic job with the running backs, and I think he did uh, a pretty good job with the game planning. I don't know, obviously, directly what he did with the game plans and th- things of that nature, but he was asked to do something different. Um, it was somewhat of a, of a success, and they should be rewarded for that in different cases. But what does that, re- does that really fit with a new regime and a new kind of mindset and a new coach that's an offensive coordinator? So is that why we saw so few candidates interview? Was part of the initial process or the initial interview or the first contact like, listen, we want you to be this guy. You're gonna you're gonna run plays. However, here's your staff. Like them dictating the terms. Like, okay, yeah, we, like, we, yeah, we're gonna have you in here. You're gonna do this, but, but Pat Meyer's gonna be your own line coach. Uh, Mike Sullivan's gonna be your quarterbacks coach. Your running back and receiver coach are already set. You could bring in maybe a, we'll, we'll let you bring in a pass game coordinator or somebody like that. But do you think that that was a question that was presented to some of the in, some of the candidates, or do you think that that was a question asked by some of the candidates? Like, would you ask that if you were interviewing for? An oh offense, hell yeah! I mean, you, that'd be one of the first things. I'm, can I bring I want, in my own guys? I want to know control. Right. I want to know. You know, are you, do you have people that are holdover that you want to be a part of your staff? What is that going to pay? You know, because if I'm going to move my guys, uh, and yeah, that that's one of the first conversations you have. And long, before you, I think you even get into the Steelers personnel. You, I mean, control to me is number one. What control do I have? Am I going to, Mike? You going to meddle into what I'm doing? Am I going to have not in a, not in a bad way? Not mm-hmm. in a, hey, you can't change w- plans ways, but like how much how much say? Can I just do my stuff? And then. I mean, second or third beyond, you know, what he's going to make. Like, what what's my staff going to be? Are mm-hmm. we going to add to staff size? Hey, I've got this guy that could be a consultant or, or an analyst or whatever you want to call it. Um, those conversations happen, and that's why it's so – I mean, the Steelers keep things close to the vest. I don't know how you could say that, listen, we want Mike Sullivan to be the quarterback's coach when the head coach got up there and said – we are not considering Mike Sullivan, uh, nor running back coach. Why is this? Eddie Faulkner? Eddie Faulkner. Yeah. Why? Why are, are neither of them going to be even interviewed to be offensive coordinator? Do you think? And that yet, they then you're going to turn around and say, "In an, we need a coordinator with quarterback experience." So we're there's gonna two just things. Keep right the there. same guy. <laughs> there's two. There's like, two, how can you do that? There's two things that they they said that they need that they didn't do. Uh, or, or, or we're alluding to that they're not going to do right. it. A, an offensive coordinator with quarterback experience, Arthur Smith is not that guy. No. And bringing back some of the old staff and interviewing some of the old staff. Now, he, right. did, no, he didn't say for position coach, did he? No, but, it, but my point is just, listen, you were so disenchanted with how everything had gone that you're not even going to interview Mike Sullivan for this role. But now you're going to keep him as quarterback's coach? And that's, that doesn't mean they necessarily are. They're just you – know, I mean, we just don't know. It's it's kind of limbo. Fans don't know what who the quarterback coach is going to be. I'm sure they have some some thoughts because I'm sure Kenny's, like, along with talking to Arthur, like, okay, who's my quarterback coach? Mm-hmm. Who's the guy that's going to be my right-hand man? I mean, yeah, I'm going to work with you, and that's nice what you did with Tannehill, but who's going to be my guy? Like, they've got to f- figure that out. And, and if it is Sullivan, 
It makes no damn sense to me. How can you get up there and say, this guy wasn't good enough to interview, that we need to have someone that knows how to deal with quarterbacks, that we want to bring in all these new ideas, and the only new idea you bring in is the offensive coordinator, who basically has similar ideas to what you have anyhow. Right. So while I'm kind of with you, there are things about Arthur Smith I like, but I, I kind of went with the assumption, okay, then who else is he going to bring in? Supplement the things that – And if it's just the same old crew, then how in the world is this team going to be much better offensively? It's a, yeah, that, that's the, you're going back on what you think that your thought process is going to be moving forward. You're kind of going back and getting comfortable and getting complacent because you have guys in the room that you think did a pretty decent job that you want to bring back. Like I do wonder, like, does Pat Meyer, does Mike Sullivan, if you're thinking about bringing those guys back, do they have to interview with Arthur Smith to, for their previous roles? I mean, I, like, I would think. <laughs> or they're just like, yeah, you guys are just back. And and I have not listen. I think Pat Myers a good coach. I think that that ended up being a good find. Um, I think Eddie Faulkner did a really nice job. Mike Sullivan m- might be a good coach. I mean, obviously interviewed to be an offense coordinator with the Raiders. So I mean, somebody else also thinks that that he's a decent coach. It's just because that failed here. How can you bring that back? It, it makes no sense. And where are the new ideas? If you're having the same ideas that you had, and I, I get. I grant you those last three games were were good, but they just weren't there for the last three games. And the last three games of the regular season, they played, if you include a, a number of backups with Baltimore, with really no incentive to, to play in that game, um, what did they really – I mean, it was two lousy defenses and a, right. and a backup defense. How much could you really learn from – you know, and it's not like we're discrediting. Like it is a tough job, regardless. Right. Like Mason had a tough job, and you know he he came through and did well for the circumstance. But really, what was the circumstance? Like, what were you going against? I don't think you could read uh, into that much that they, that sufficed for them to be, uh, uh, you know, back on the staff. Now, Mason, I I know that's a whole different situation, but even for somebody like Sullivan, I do wonder this, Jeff. Even last year, uh, you know, we brought up I brought up the the question. Do you get the input of Kenny Pickett for last year and Matt Canada and what he sees in Matt Canada? If Matt Canada, after last season, should Matt Canada be back? Do you ask Kenny what he thinks? I wonder if they still have that mindset. Like, let's see what let's see what Kenny thinks about Mike Sullivan. It could that de- determine on him coming back. From every indication we got over there, no, no. And I don't he think at this point, and I, I don't think he's earned that. No, I mean he's the number one pick, but he hasn't. I mean, it's not Ben, right? You know, or or someone that has, you know, that's won in this league and won at a high level and done huge things in this. I mean, he's just not. Maybe it's different if it's, uh, you know, if it's Stroud. I bet you they asked him about Gerard Johnson, and that's where they came up with the money. But I don't, I, I don't get the feeling like even with Baltimore, I don't think they asked Lamar. Hey, what do you think of Todd Munkin? No. I think they just decided they needed to make a change. I yeah, I do wonder that. I do. I mean, I I I would say no that he doesn't have any input. But I think last year he might have. I think that they probably asked like what they what he thought of Matt Canada and and does he see that working moving forward? And he probably said yes. Yeah, and I get. Listen, there seemed to be a little continuity towards the end of, end of the season, and you know maybe those games could, could be could have ended up being the worst thing that happened to the steelers 
was that they ended up winning those games at the end of, of not 2023, 2022. Yeah, that's what brought them back. It brought Canada back. Yep. It made you think that you were better than you were. Yep. And it, and it gave you a complacent year because you thought, okay, we're this team. We're going to build on that. Then they had that preseason. And we all, I mean, I was suckered into it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. how could you not? Every time they walked on the field, they made magic happen in the preseason. In the, in the limited snaps they had. And, okay, this was, this was smart. And, you know, they ran into one of the best defenses. That didn't help. You know, maybe if they would have, if they would have had Cincinnati in week one where it was a weaker defense and they, they go into that game and they put up some points, maybe it does. It's funny how these things happen. Hell, hell Jeff, like if they win the, the two games against the two teams with two wins, I bet you Canada, Canada would still be here. Because they lose Cam – then Deontay or was that out. after that was after that's after they fired him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but I'm saying in that first game, then you lose Deontay, what in the third quarter mm-hmm. of that game. So if he's not lost, if you play a different team, if it's not, you know, it could have, maybe it went, maybe it goes a little different. Um, but to the earlier point, like I, I just, I don't understand how you won't interview somebody to be an offensive coordinator. You just completely take that out of consideration yet you would bring that same person back as a quarterback coach. Makes makes no sense. It, it, and everything we we saw from Eddie, like Eddie was inspiring. He rallied the guys. You can say that you see, you've seen improvements. I mean, they have a guy in Jalen Warren who was undrafted, and under his tutelage, he's he's been really good. You've seen Najee improve. So, I mean, you could make an argument that maybe he deserves to have his job at quarterback coach. I, I I can't have that argument at all. I, I can't I can't see it. I, I can't see that transpiring into being a success for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they do keep Mike Sullivan around, even though that I do think he did a great job. I think it's time to move forward in a into a different direction. Um there's a guy, a former player out there that still thinks he has something left in the tank. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing, Dickerson Hathorne, Callus behind the glass. Jeff, how about uh, there's a former player out there that says that they're going to start training around March and they're going to attempt to come back to the NFL. A.B.? Nope. Close. Receivers coach A.B.? Nope. No? Nope. Give me another guess. You know, Kallis, you want to take a guess? I, I think I know who it is. Who? Le'Veon Bell. Correct. Correct. He wants to make a comeback into the NFL, but he says he had only played for one team, and we know who that team is, and... I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 31 years old. Well, he hasn't played in two years, maybe a year or two, something like that. At, least two, at least two years, right? I feel like we do this every single offseason. Yes, at least we do. At, at least the last two offseasons. Yeah. Would you give Le'Veon Bell a tryout? Would you? Would you give him a tryout? If you knew that he was in shape and mini camps, OTAs are right around the corner, would you think about bringing him in and just seeing, hey, See what we got. All jobs are full. Sorry, Le'Veon. <laughs> and you had your chance. We offered you more money than you than we would have been crazy to actually offer you that money. We offered it to you. You thought you could do better. Hey, thanks for the couple of years you gave us, but no, we're not interested. There's absolutely zero. There's negative zero. Negative, 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 negative zero chance that the Steelers would ever entertain an opportunity of giving Le'Veon Bell a tryout.
Uh, there's no chance. With what they have in the running back room, they have a new offensive coordinator, and they know that they have to uh, patch up some of the holes with culture problems with in the locker room, in-house rules. That'd be the la- not saying that Le'Veon Bell's a bad guy. He's not. He's not an A.B. type guy. The whole situation with the contract was what made him look like he was an outcast. We get that. But in the locker room-wise, I don't think that he was an issue. Um, and there's players that will say that, and there's coaches that will say that he wasn't really an issue locker room-wise. But at this point, at 31 years old, making an Instagram post saying that you're going to make a comeback and you only play for one team, there, there's no chance. They have the running back room set. They, I mean, they, they could probably add a younger player as a third, third back, but there's no chance that they would ever give him a workout. I don't care if he comes out there and runs a 4-3. Yeah, diff- they don't want him a part of their process. Different scenario where they don't have tailbacks? Maybe. Maybe in a camp. Yeah. Somebody bring hurt. him in, let him see if there's anything on. Because, I mean, really, you, you would think that, I mean, how much wear is on there mm, not, in the last few years? Not, not much. Not much at all. Did he ever really get, like, hurt, hurt? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, he did every time right before they were going to play the Patriots. Right, right. I mean, but, like, season ending, like, no, you know. I, get what, no, I get what you're saying. Getting getting hurt, knocked out of a game, or knocked uh, out of a season. Because I was looking back at that, did that story on all the old AFC championship games. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that one where he only could have six carries against New England back right. in seven. Like, that was their damn year. If he would have stayed healthy, I'm not blaming him for, I mean, you get hurt. But healthy Le'Veon Bell then. He was a fantastic player. He was so fun to watch. It was like poetry almost. Uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's 31 years old, and, I, and maybe a team gives him an opportunity, but not the right team and, that he wants. And the the guys liked him in the room. Right. Like he was a – like they really respected him, and that's why when it all went south, they re, they had that silly thing where they were taking stuff out of his locker, and they were, they were ticked off about it because they thought, okay, we understand you're going to show up here for week one, and they never did. <laughs> He was a fantastic player. The way he ran the ball and just, you know, the offensive line playing so well for him and, you know, just knowing his running style and him out of the backfield too. I mean, watching some of his highlights, I think I watched it like two weeks ago, it popped up on my Twitter or my X or whatever you call it. Um, I was just like, wow, you kind of forget sometimes how good he really was. You think about the great Steeler team or great Pittsburgh teams that didn't end up winning a title. That's one of them. That's one of them for sure. That's I mean, one that, of them what, sure. 76 Steelers and 93 Penguins. That's one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a fantastic player, but I don't think at all he'll get an opportunity to uh, even sniff a workout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming up, there's an event coming in about two years to New York City, and they're going to have to do some different things to make this event be successful, but why haven't they done those things thus far to make the current events that happen there successful? 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Dickerson, Callis, Hathorne here with you on the fan morning show. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. 2026, Jeff, the World Cup final is going to be at MetLife Stadium. Right outside of New York City, MetLife Stadium's like in New Jersey. It's kind of just a little outside of the city if you have never been there before. Uh, I play there a bunch of times. But the real conversation, I think, here is that uh, we know that soccer's played on grass, and especially for the World Cup, it's going to be on grass. So they're going right. to have to bring in um, some of the best quality grass, I guess. I don't know how they're going to get it. I mean, that's not my job. I don't even want to think about how they're going to transfer all that stuff in. 
But they're going to bring in grass in two years to play the World Cup final in MetLife Stadium. There's been so many, so many injuries, knee injuries, Achilles injuries at MetLife Stadium over the past. It's been around for, what, 15 years, 14 years? So in the past 14 years, I, I haven't did the, the research, but I know that there's a lot of injuries. Why is it taking and potentially going to take this long in two years because the World Cup is coming here to make that grass knowing that it is a dangerous surface for players and players get hurt and injured on that all the time. Like, why not just do it now? Or they might actually, they might just, you know, transfer grass into it and just, you know, have players play on that for a little bit to test it out for the World Cup. But I do assume that they're going to bring in grass for the World Cup. How can you play World Cup, a no. World Cup final on, no. on, on field turf? No, I agree with you. And it's... I think there's two reasons. One is cheaper because mm-hmm. you put in the turf. Then I mean, not that there isn't any maintenance, but the maintenance costs are a hell of a lot less than they are with grass. And I'm sure they're hey, this is home to two teams, so every week there's games. But at Acrisure, every week there's games, and for them to say, well, you know, the Giants and Jets could play back to back if you know if one's on a Monday night. How many weekends does it happen back to back at Acrisure between? Pitt and the Steelers. I mean, I, I, I think it's just a cost thing. You know, they don't want to. It's easier. We just have turf. We don't have to worry about the. You're a former player. You would know better than I. Is it better to have the turf, or to have the potential bad grass? Bad grass because of just how you cut and your cle- It's just natural surface, and it. It takes away on your joints. It takes away, obviously, on injuries and getting stuck into the ground. I'd rather play on grass. I don't care what the grass is. I'd rather play on grass. And you ask a lot of players, current or former, they would say the same thing. And, I mean, if it's a cost thing, I mean, you also have to look at the injury thing. And some of the players that got injured, you know, are your brand of NFL football. Aaron Rodgers not saying that the field turf causes injury. Um, and his Achilles injury, but if you could avoid that with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you want him to play all season if you're the NFL and if you are uh, the New York Jets. And if it's a cost thing, like give me a break. Like you need to start saving players because you're going to do it for the World Cup. And now it's okay for NFL players to just play on that. See, I just don't see how that could just jive together. I think that they need to move forward with with the grass at MetLife. So even with the improvements in turf, it's still not. No, no, no. It just, it just it's. It's just not a natural way of cutting and running and doing different things. It's more spongy. It's it's it just wears on your body. And then sometimes, like I said, like you're wearing cleats on that that field turf, and it'll get caught. And that's where you see like the knee, knee injuries. It'll get stuck in there. With grass, there's always the forgiveness of like you cutting the grass up. Like if we're watching the the Chiefs 49ers old game right here on TV, like if you see a guy running, you can see the grass obviously kick up behind right. him because that's the natural way that. You're supposed to run, and that does prevent injuries. Does it make any difference the fact that so many high schools now play on turf that you get used to it? That's a that's a good point. That's a good point. But you're also you're also 15, 16 years old, and you don't really see as many injuries in high school football. Those significant injuries because you're younger. <laughs> like you're talking about guys right. that are 28 years old having cut how many you know 10, 15 years. Uh, worth of cutting, and then you're at the highest level moving at that speed. It just is never just physically going to, you know, it's never going to work together. And I think that the NFL has enough money to put a natural surface in every stadium to protect players. And if you're going to do it for 
the World Cup in in outside of New York City and MetLife Stadium in two years, you could do it now. But Doran, what about the owners' profits? You're yeah, gonna right. Hurt that. Yeah, you're gonna hurt just putting in grass, right? Like, I mean, I mean, come on. Of course, yeah, of course, that's the reason. Would you get excited for the World Cup when it happens? I will actually. Like, does it take? Would it take a win or two for the like the country to get into it? I mean, because they're the host country, they're in. They don't have to qualify, which is the best part of hosting. Because we know the U.S. is going to be in the World Cup. But I almost feel like, all right, that's cool. Give me something else. You gotta, yeah, they got to win. Like, give, me, give me a couple wins, and then I'll get excited. Like, obviously, you watch, and you, you root for them, but like, I don't have any like, – they have no chance. No. But if they win a couple games, then maybe I'd be like, okay. Yeah, it's more enticing, definitely, if they win. And you know, it will be now that we know that it is here – uh, in you know, in our country, I, I think that for them to play well, um, will definitely enhance the viewership and will enhance people to watch watch this the sport. I hope they do some kind of tour beforehand where they go at the, all the cities like Pittsburgh that didn't get a chance to host a World Cup, so we get to see one, see some kind of friendly or exhibition or something. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would go to that. I would go to that. I always wanted to go to a you know a a a. a Soccer match, but you know, in a different country, I never will. But I, you know, kind of, it does intrigue me just the nature and seeing the atmosphere and see how different it is. I mean, I, I remember when the U.S. women came here after they won, after they won. I, I don't think it was gold. I think it was World Cup. And Megan Klingenberg from Pine Richland, you know, she would. So I think that's why they came here is because of her. It was her hometown, but that was really cool. And that was just you know an exhibition. Coming up next, there's some speculation that is going on and potentially going on in the NFL with one team. Could this all transpire into what they want as the 2024 draft approaches us? We'll talk about that next, but first fan weather brought to you by sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on the new Silverado 1500 trucks. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 